0: We want to welcome you to Broadway 1109 and say that we are glad you're here this morning. We're thankful that you joined us to worship. We're here this morning uh, to worship the King of all kings. And our worship comes as a response as that God reveals himself to us. One of the ways that he does that is through his word, uh, our, our scripture. So I'm going to read this morning to you from Psalm 96. Listen as God reveals himself to us this morning. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of all the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. This morning we serve a great God. As we continue to worship this morning, I'm going to invite you to stand and sing as we respond to his greatness this morning. Let's sing together.
1: So he has a great thing. Yes amen. Oh, you will do great things. Oh, God, You do great things.
2: Oh, Hero of Heaven, You conquered the grave. You free every
1: captive, break every chain. Oh God, You have. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, You have done great things. great things we sing, Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance to your freedom, awaken delight. life. Oh, Jesus, I God is great. Things.
0: God is Amen. He is certainly great. You can have a seat for just a moment. We do want to say welcome to Broadway 1109. We are so thankful that you're here. We're glad that you would spend some time out of your week with us here at Broadway. We hope you got a bulletin as you came in, especially if you're new here. We want to say a special welcome to you and how thankful that we are that you're with us this morning. Uh, Again, we hope you got a bulletin on your way in. If you did, you'll notice there's a little perforated tab. If you're a guest with us, uh, if this is maybe your first time here or your first time in a while or something like that, we just simply ask that you fill that out, tear it off. And you can drop that in the offering plate here in a few moments, or if you miss that, that's okay. You can leave it at our welcome desk located in the back of our sanctuary on your way out. Um, that's just our record of your visit here and how we can get to know you a little bit better here at Broadway. Uh, also, you'll notice that in your bulletin, there are a lot of things going on uh, over the coming weeks and things like that. We hope you're paying attention to those as well as the screens as you enter and exit uh, so that you can stay up to date on all that's happening here at Broadway. We're excited about what God is. Uh, doing and continuing to do in and among us here at our church. Uh, at this time, I'm going to go ahead and invite uh, Mr. Raphael Jubin. Raphael is our deacon of the week, and he's going to pray for us as we continue to worship.
3: Let us pray. Let us pray, please. Dear Father God, we worship and exalt your holy name. We praise you, God, because it is from you, from you that all blessings flow. We thank you, O God, for all the gifts that you have given us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, because even though we are here to worship you, we believe that, God, you are amongst us. As you say in your word, O God, that you will be, O God, in the presence when one or two are gathered. So we say, Holy Father, may you reign in our midst. May you reign in everything that we do here. Lord, it is you and you alone that we ascribe all the praises and all the glory. Because you alone are God. We just pray for wisdom. We just pray for your directive, Holy Spirit. And we ask that you will move and touch each and every heart seated here today. So that Heavenly Father, we will leave this place better than the way we came. We just ask your presence and your permanence in everything, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Won't you stand with us as we sing together?
4: is my salvation the gift of God
1: I know who I am because of who You are. I hear you calling me beyond my sin. You tell me grace is taken. my victory, oh Jesus, you're my victory.
5: this offering as we um, give our tithes and offerings to you, Lord. God, I pray that we use this money wisely, that you use this money to extend our influence and extend our borders, Lord, for your glory. Help us to use it wisely, and in your son's name we pray. Amen.
0: this
1: morning I am not what I make I am who you have made me to be I am not what I've done I am loved
0: unconditionally
1: I am not loved by the measure of love that I bring I am not who I know I am known by the king of all
2: kings
1: Jesus you are enough Jesus you are enough for me with nothing i still have everything jesus you are enough for me won't you stand and worship with us this morning you are making visible holding the world in your hands you are patient and full giver of grace without end satisfy simply by being who you've always been you are infinite love and you prove it again. Jesus, you are enough, Jesus, you are enough for me. What else could I need? With you I want for nothing. Jesus, my everything. Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, you are enough for me. With nothing I You are enough for me Enough for me with nothing I still have everything Jesus you are enough for me Jesus you are enough Jesus you are enough for me with nothing I still have everything
0: Jesus, you are enough for me. Lord, you're the sustainer of our lives. You're the the giver of every good gift, the alpha and omega, the beginning and end. Father, in you we have everything that we need. Lord, I pray that you would remind us of that daily. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You can be seated.
5: ever? Through, in you. Next summer, Group VBS is taking kids on a ride they'll never forget. Us home, and that's us home, and we stand Get on board the Rocky Railway.
2: In you. in you.
5: Your church will be on track at Sing and Play Express. Jesus to us, on the right Get ready for high-energy fun at Locomotion Games. Experience impactful Bible lessons and Bible adventures. You'll have amazing discoveries at Imagination Station. Take a glimpse into the world of five awesome kids who learn that Jesus' power pulls us through. The best part of summer is full steam ahead at Rocky Railway.
6: I met with Sherry Lyons right here and Nancy Crawford on Thursday. I know you're thinking, it's the middle of February, why are not we promoting for Bible School? I want you to go ahead and save the date. We've started the sign-ups for Bible School for the leaders only. Listen, we had what 250 children, I think, attended last year. So it takes a, um, 100 plus leaders to pull this off. You need to go ahead and save the date and you can start signing up. For how you want to serve. you only because a leader. Remember, when is Bible school always at Broadway Baptist Church? It's the day after Father's Day. It's kind of late this year. Father's Day is on the 21st. VBS is going to be on the 22nd through 26th from 9 to 6 p.m. Is that? <laughs> from 9 to 6 p.m. So that meant we would go, what, 27 we have 27 hours of VBS. It's from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's not 27 hours. It's only a three-hour VBS with that. so with that, But I, do, I want you to go ahead and be thinking about this. I know my role, I'll be, uh, I teach the Bible Adventures class. I'll be on one side, Sherry Osmond. will be on the other side of the Fellowship Hall. But Bible school is a huge outreach, and it's something we will be doing. The same Bible school here, two weeks later, we'll be doing in Vermont. If you join the VBS team up there. So they're, gonna, they're getting on our theme as well that we're doing. So the theme is a railroad. So you would be thinking about dressing up as a conductor. And we need a train. There's just anything railroady is what we need around here. Other thing else, um, uh, starting with our children's ministry this coming Wednesday. One of the other areas uh, we do is for Easter. And on, on Easter, ch- we have a children's choir. And for Easter, they do something called the dowel rods. And they're going to perform, uh, that's a stick. They use these sticks with a song. They will be starting to practice this coming Wednesday for that. So that's at 6.30 after dinner. So you can bring your children. We're only two months away for Easter. So that's second through fifth grade for the dowel rod routine. So I I wanted to share those two things. Certainly exciting um, with our children's ministry that. Open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 18, and then we're also going to be flipping over our Bibles, and we're going to be looking at the book of Mark. So those are two scriptures, Matthew 18, and then Mark chapter 11. This is the third part of a sermon series on restore, which is about forgiveness and restoring relationships and friendships that you might have. It's something that is very important for us. We need to be aware of when there's times we have to go offer an apology, ask for forgiveness, as well as we're going to see something today, really in the Scriptures, that we don't think about very much. But the reason why it's important is because this will hinder your prayer life. Have you ever wondered, why does God not answer some of my prayers? Why do th- some some things go unanswered? And we're going to see that actually the, uh, Jesus tells us what the answer is. And uh, there's a mentality that can um, become invasive in our thinking that really affects us in this. Have you ever um, maybe you've, maybe of course it's not with you, but maybe you've had to go to court for someone else and you watched it. Or you've watched it on TV. And what happens is, if you ever get charged with a crime or you have to go to court, that means a prosecutor is charging you with a crime. And if you hire an attorney, the first thing they're going to tell you is you plead, plead uh, innocent, plead not guilty. Because you want them to prove that you're guilty. The problem with that type of thinking, and we go through life all the time thinking, oh, I'm innocent. Even when you know you're guilty, you just go right off, right off the bat. You tell the judge, oh, innocent. And so what happens, a prosecutor then, they know this, they'll, they'll, they'll list all these different charges. So wait a minute. I just thought I was going to have one or two charges. Now I have five. The reason why they do that is because they know they're going to offer you something called a plea bargain. A plea bargain is where they'll come to you and say, Hey, sir, we'll drop two or three charges here, and then you'll only get charged with these one or two crimes if you admit that you're guilty. So then you take, you think, Well, that's a great deal. So then you, you take a plea bargain, you admit you're guilty, and then the charges start falling off. And this, maybe the sentencing is less. The problem with all this type of thinking is you're, we're being conditioned to think that I'm innocent all the time. Of course I'm not guilty. Of course it's not my fault. I'm a victim. It's a victim mentality. And the problem with that is it doesn't work with God. We're going to see here in the scriptures where that does not work. In fact, another area this happens is if you have a... Um, Insurance card in your wallet or your purse right now, if you ever read the back of it, I don't know if you've ever read the fine print, it tells you what to do if there's a car accident. First thing you're to do is to get out of the car, make sure the other person is okay if you need to call 911 for an ambulance. Number two, you says do not admit fault. It says, let the police determine who's at fault for that. You go, why would you not admit fault? I mean, I, you, it could be complete. You ran a red light, it's all your fault. You missed the stop sign. It's your fault. Because we are told over and over again, you never admit when you're guilty, you never admit when you're at fault, you're innocent. And this Bible's very clear, that type thinking, that we go around thinking I'm the victim, I'm I'm not certainly not guilty, it's your fault, not mine, on everything in life. When we stand before God, when we try to live For the Lord, a spiritual life, that destroys our life. The Bible is very clear because the Bible says we are guilty. The Bible says that we do have to go ask for forgiveness. The Bible says that even we put put others before ourselves and we don't want to break or hinder the relationship. So Jesus is talking about this. I want you to turn your Bible. Matthew Chapter 18. If you have your little bulletin insert, you can pull it out here. We can, uh, you can reference it here a little bit. Alright, verse 21. Matthew 18:21. This is called the parable of the unforgiving servant. So remember what is a parable. A parable is a story that Jesus told to illustrate a deeper meaning. And Jesus frequently spoke in parables. What's neat about this parable, this is the only place it's found in the Bible. So you don't find it any other Gospels. Peter approached him and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? And he asked the question, as many as seven times? Have you ever had someone sin against you? They've done something wrong. And Peter's wondering if you should forgive them seven times. I mean, for some of us here, I mean, We had Valentine weekend this past uh, uh, week. I mean, I already had to ask forgiveness once. I bought Sherry flowers, but we shop at Walmart Pickup. I don't actually walk in stores anymore. If you spend $30 online, they put it in your car and it's all free. Well, I bought her flowers at Walmart Pickup. Well, that day I got trapped here at the church, so she had to go by and pick it up. I had placed orders, so she didn't know it was coming. And there, Walmart delivered her flowers to her in the car at the Walmart pickup, and she liked what a surprise. So uh, you know that was the first time that's ever happened. But <clears throat> Walmart gave her the flowers and handed them to her, wished her happy Valentine's Day, on everything. It was odd, but anyway, you, you go through life and you live and learn. But you know it's one of those things. Seven times. I mean, goodness, some, for, 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 for some folks, you've already had asked for forgiveness seven times this morning. I mean, and that's the question here. Do we ask forgiveness seven times? And you can almost see it's a ridiculous question. I mean, how many, what number do you put, put on the amount of forgiveness that you, that you extend? So Jesus is going to answer the question. So let's see how many times Jesus says we need to forgive. He says, verse 22, I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. He wanted to see if Peter had learned his multiplication table, and that's 480, 490. Remember Alabama public education there, so public schools. But 490 times Jesus said to forgive. Well, what's wrong with that? 490. I mean, again, are we going to sit there and count 490? I want to tell you why Jesus answered that way. The number seven is a number of completion in the Bible. God created all everything in six days, and he rested on the seventh day. A week is seven days. Seventy is also, throughout scriptures, we see that number of fullness so Jesus is saying, 70 times 7, what that really means is forever. It's, it's, it's continuous. It's, it never ends. You are to live a life of constantly forgiving others. And Christ is telling Peter, says, Peter, we're not here to play games. You don't forgive someone seven times. What are you going to checklist? You, your life, you... God's forgiven you. You extend this to everyone you meet. So now the parable is about to start. So look here in your Bible. Verse 23. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven could be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Now, remember in the Bible, whenever you have a king or a master, that would represent God. And the servants would be us. We're the servants down here. So here goes our story. Verse 24. When he began to settle accounts, settle accounts mean the day of judgment, it's the day of the bill collector, it's the, day due, the due date, it's the day you die, it's when we stand before God. There's one who owed 10,000 talents. In the Bible, a talent was worth 20 years of wages. One talent. So, a wage in the Bible was called a denarius. If you worked, you worked one day for someone; they paid you one denarius. And so, throughout, uh, if you worked for twenty years for someone, if you were able to save all that money and not spend it, that would be twenty. That would be one talent. But here, this guy owed ten thousand talents. That's important. A talent was the largest denomination of a money that existed in Israel. Only the ultra-wealthy would have a talent. Only someone like President Trump would own a talent. I mean, you would have to be way up there to have that type of currency. The number 10,000 is the highest number that existed in Bible times. So they didn't count past 10,000. So this guy owed... His master, 10,000 talents, which meant that was an incalculable, eternal number. There would have been no human way possible for that man to pay that amount of money. He couldn't have done it. In fact, there wasn't enough money in Israel at that time. They didn't even have 10,000 talents. If you had all the currency, that's how much money we're talking about right here. So this guy is obviously not going to be able to pay his debt. So here's what happened. Here's the story. Verse 25. Since he did not have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. That was very common. If You were in debt, you couldn't pay it back. You you went into slavery, and you your family became slaves. That person literally owned you. So look what he does. Verse 26, At this the servant fell face down before him, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. But he knows that's not possible. He can't pay him. It's, there's no possible way for him to pay him back. Then the master of that servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. Wow, that was a huge amount he forgave him of. All that he owed is now at zero. He asked for forgiveness, he begged him for compassion, and the master was very gracious and extended it to him. That servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him, and said, Pay what you owe. A on hundred denarii, that's about a hundred days' wage. Now, he could have got on a payment plan and over a couple of years paid that off. That was reasonable for it to be all paid off. At this, his fellow servant fell face down and began begging him, Be patient with me and I'll pay, pay you back. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went out and threw him into prison until he could pay what he was owed. So what happened is the guy that received the forgiveness from the owner, the master, wanted to go bill collect on his people. And they only owed 100 denarii. And of course, they didn't have the money. So he, he, in Bible times, you could have someone arrested if they owed you money like this. If they didn't get on a payment plan and start paying it back. So he has them thrown in jail. And now... This guy who had received forgiveness did not extend the forgiveness to someone else. Very important. Keep going here. Verse 31. You always have a tattletale. Here comes a tattletale. When the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed and, went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have mercy on your fellow servant as I had on you? I mean, what a good question. I extended this grace and forgiveness to you. Why on earth can you not do the same to the folks who owe you money? And because he was angry, so the master's mad. His master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. Now, that, what that says there, tortured. Remember, he can't pay back what's owed. So this torture is e- eternal t- torture. He's talking about hell. He says, I forgave you, but because of your hard heart, you refuse to forgive other people. You're now going to hell, because you cannot pay back what's owed. And the jailers are now going to not just imprison you, they're going to torture you. Verse 25, main point we see here. So also my heavenly Father will do to you, unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. Jesus just told using that parable, that we are commanded, because we have received forgiveness from God, we must forgive our brother and sister. If we do not forgive, if we hold a standard to other people that God does not hold to us, we are then showing to the Lord that we are not saved. Part of being saved is having a forgiving spirit. You have an attitude, a culture that you're going to forgive other folks you know you you think about uh you think about losing what you had and this guy he's he lost that forgiveness a baseball season starts next month i know we have some baseball fans here probably ready for baseball season start but there's a team 2 years ago that won the world series they're called the houston astros and you know if you're ever if you ever work for like a jail or you work with criminals Every now and then, you hear, you hear their stories, because they'll talk to you, and you really realize, hey, some of these guys, these guys are pretty smart. That was pretty smooth. Too bad you got called, but you really had a good system in place. Well, the Astros could fall in that category. Two years ago, in 2017, they won the World Series. They beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. But they got busted four weeks ago for something they also had a tattletale, was similar to the story. Somebody told them, one of their pitchers, uh, one of their former pitchers. And what happened was, they, at their their home park, they installed a camera all the way back in center field, a you know, high-tech camera, way back there. No one knew about it. And what was going on was when the um, other team was pitching, the catcher, you know, catchers give signs to uh, the um, pitcher what pitched the pitch to throw. Well, there was a camera there that was uh, able to video what the catchers was giving signs to the pitcher. So then we think, okay, well, then how are they going to relay from that camera to the batter? So when an Astro batter was up there about to swing, they want to know, be nice to always know, okay, am I going to get a fastball? Because if you're getting a major league fastball, it's going to be 95 miles an hour, and you have to swing early. If it's a changeup, an off-speed pitch, it's going to be eighty-two miles an hour. And if you swing early, you're going to be in front of it, and you're going to strike out, or you're not, you're going to foul it off. So, what has to happen if you're a batter? You want to know, okay, is it going to be a fastball or a changeup? Those are the two pitches you want to know, because that's a fifteen-mile-an-hour difference in baseball. It's going to be eighty-nine point five versus eighty, and that determines if you're going to get hit or a strikeout. So, if I was a batter, it'd be very nice if someone were to tell me, "Hey, a changeup is coming versus a fastball." Well, in the dugout, they had put a metal trash can in there. And y'all go on YouTube and, and, and listen. You can see unbelievable how smooth they were. What happened was, when the batters, of the Astros were up there about to swing, if they heard someone bang on the trash can two times, they would, you could hear it on the video. A trash can would bang. That means it would be a change-up. And then I knew it's going to be off-speed pitch, I can get a hit. It's going to be a slower pitch. If there was no bang on the trash can, that meant it was going to be a fastball. And literally, someone reported this to Major League Baseball. And they went and looked at the video, and it's true. You can hear the trash can banging when their off-speed pitch is coming versus a fastball. There's no bang. And the, and the Astros won the World Series two years doing this. One their, of won their players won MVP award. I mean, of course they're going to get a hit. They're, they know every pitch is coming their way because they've got the camera at their home park. And they, won, uh, they won the World Series doing this. Now, Major League Baseball, so it wasn't as to doing anything. Major League Baseball is now considering taking away, cause since they cheated and they were smooth about it. They got away with it for at least two years. But now, of course, the truth always comes out. They might lose their World Series trophy. They'll lose that championship for cheating that season. And what's interesting about that is obviously, you know, other players said they're going to hit, you know, uh, they're going to start throwing bean balls at Astros. You know, everybody's down, uh, doubling down now uh, uh, on the Astros. But even some Little League teams won't even allow you to use the word Astros anymore in baseball because they're known as the cheating team. and The Dodgers now want the wor- World Series title back to them from 2017 since so since they were cheated against. One free agent who uh, couldn't get any Astro batters out claims he he should get paid now because he got cut because he couldn't strike anybody out from the Astros because, um, I mean, all of these things start falling out from that. I share all this because for us, if we have this attitude that we are entitled to, we're going to heaven, We're going to see Jesus because we're saved. But we have extended or God has extended forgiveness to us. But we have cheated it and stolen it from other people. And we refuse to forgive other people. Just like the Astros are going to probably lose their title from two years ago. We will not go to heaven. What God has given us. He requires that we pass it along to other folks. Jesus illustrated this. Flip over in your Bible, book of Mark. Mark chapter 11. In the area of prayer life, you think about, God, I want to experience your presence. I want to see you move in your spirit. Just answer prayers and do miraculous things in my life. And Jesus, what he did is he took this teaching here on prayer And he shifted and turned it towards actually forgiveness. Do you know your prayer life is actually determined by whether or not you forgive your family members? Whether you forgive those that have wronged you. You can't go through life with a I'm a victim mentality. Christ expects you and I to live a life of forgiveness. I mean, think about it. Do you know any family members? They don't like each other. That maybe when they go to family events, certain people don't come because such and such is there. Grandparents can't get along with grandchildren. Brother and sister can't get along. Aunt and Certain aunt and uncle and sisters, they don't talk. You get on the phone with people, all it is is complaining about other family members. Jesus is saying, for us as believers, that should not happen. In fact, look here. Look at the Bible. Mark chapter 11. It says there, verse 24. Mark 11, 24. Jesus said, this is a teaching on prayer. He says, therefore I tell you, everything you pray and ask for, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is saying, if you believe, if you have a faith in your prayer life, I will hear and answer those prayers. Just believe that you'll receive it. God wants to answer our prayers. But there's a condition. And here it is. And whenever you stand, verse 25, praying, in Bible times it was very customary you know, to come and stand and stand and pray out loud at the temple, at the church. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him. So that your Father in Heaven will also forgive you of your wrongdoing. Don't miss that. If you have wronged someone else, if there's someone this morning, you have a family member, a coworker, a friend that you are not, a former friend that you're not talking to, you just do not get along. Jesus says before you even go to church, before you come and stand here, you need to go to that person and ask for forgiveness. Then... Your Father in Heaven will hear and answer your prayers. I want you all to know, the reason why this verse is important is tying this in with restoration, this whole theme this month. If you want to experience the presence of God, if you want to have a spiritual vitality where Christ is alive and He's working through you, if you do not forgive others, if you are harboring bitterness and resentment and anger, this built-up anger against other folks, God will not answer your prayers. Pull out your little bulletin, sir. In the closing, this is the last thing we're going to see here. I'm going to read you a story here at the bottom. You can see there's a fill-in-the-blank. It says, Your prayer life is defined by how you forgive. So that's what defines your prayer life, is your forgiveness. You know, I, I went to seminary down, uh, lived a couple of years in Louisiana. There's a real well-known pastor there named Joe McGeever. He's a pastor like First Baptist Kenner and uh, all, sorts of, uh, all sorts of other churches. Uh, First Baptist New Orleans there. But he told this story here that's worth, worth reading, because uh, if we're not careful, this could be us. And I want you to follow along. Joe says, as he's telling a story, Pastor, I'd like for you to pray for my brother. This is very common. someone comes to you, maybe they come to you, they just want you to pray for a family member. Sitting in my office, John told of his brother going off to do military service years earlier. Something happened during his absence that caused the brother to sever the relationship with all other family members except his mama. No, you never break relationship with mama. But for some reason, this one guy, he went off to war, went off to service, And he comes back, and he gets back from battle, and he just—he doesn't want to talk to any of the family. Like, what on earth happened? Why doesn't my brother talk to me anymore? This is crazy. He talks other people. Of course, he talks to Mama, but he—he like cut off his family. We never knew what it was. John says he's refused to take our phone calls, our letters, and returned everything. They—they return unopened. I mean. Even though he wouldn't, he rejected our mail. He wants nothing to do with us. I said I would pray for God to break the heart of his brother and save him. And then John said, "He said, but pastor, my brother is a deacon in the Baptist church. You just preached at recently." And Joe says, "I was stunned. I mean, this is a guy who serves at church, who's there every time the doors are open, he won't even speak to his family." And look what Joe says. I told him. I cannot tell you whether your brother is saved or not, but I do know this. Your brother has not had a prayer answered since he was in the service. And that is true. Whoever this man was, John's brother, God's not answering his prayers. Why? Because of what Mark 11.25 says. If you refuse to forgive people, God does not answer your prayers He doesn't do it and what's important for us is that if you want to be restored it all starts with have i because i've received forgiveness from the lord have i extended that to others if you haven't that could be the reason why you are not experiencing spiritual breakthrough if you're not seeing answered prayer you can't blame your pastor can't blame your Sunday school teacher. Can't blame your Sunday school class or other people or the church. Jesus says it's, it's you. It's not other people's problem. You turn around and look in, inside of yourself and say, am I harboring a bitter spirit? Do you know, I want to read this Bible verse. Last Bible verse here. Psalm sixty-six, eighteen. 18. David said this. You know, David was known as the man after God's own heart. And he said, Broadway, he says, If I had been aware of malice in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to my prayer. That's Psalm sixty-six, eighteen. 18. If I had been aware of malice, that's sin, in my heart, David knew God would not answer my prayer. If you read on those verses, it says that God did hear And answer his prayer because David asked for forgiveness. David had a clean heart. This morning, I'm going to invite our band. Chris, come forward. We're about to have our invitation. This morning, I'm asking you to have a clean heart, a heart that has forgiven other people, a heart that is pure. That if Jesus. If you're praying to Him and He looks at you and you're filled with unforgiveness and bitterness, that it's not hindering your prayer life. You want to experience breakthrough? This is where it's at. Your restoration comes from a forgiving spirit. So we're going to have our time of invitation. If you want to experience and Receive the touch from the Lord this morning, He certainly offers you that. So let's stand together. We close every service here. You respond to Jesus. I'll be waiting down front for you to come forward.
1: Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what? think you're like but I have a tender whisper of in the dead of night and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone your good good father to you I To you are, to you are. is what
0: We are thankful that you are with us this morning. We hope that you know that uh, the response doesn't end here, but you can respond at any time to, to the Lord's calling on your life. And we want you to know that we are available at any, at any point. If you want to talk more about what it looks like to take your next step with Jesus, whether that's uh, surrendering to him, uh, maybe uh, your next step is baptism, or maybe it's joining uh, our body here at Broadway, we would love to talk to you about that. I hope you're keeping up with your bulletin and the screens and things like that so that you can know what all's going on. One thing that we do want to highlight your attention to, don't forget that this Tuesday uh, we are hosting in partnership with the Central Kentucky Network of Baptists, which is our local association. You can have a seat for a second. Sorry, you guys have been standing for a minute. Uh, Our local association here in the Lexington area. Is the Central Kentucky Network of Baptists, and with them, we are ho- hosting a forum here on Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. called Reaching Gen Z, okay? Uh, and uh, there's going to be a meal provided. It's totally free. Uh, there's going to be child care for kids under four, uh, so if you would like to come and participate in that, and I would encourage you, if you have any dealings with, with uh, kids born from about 2000 to now, um, those are, that's Gen Z, uh, that's college students, high school students, middle school, elementary. Any kid born since 2000 falls into this category. So if you're a parent, if you're a youth worker, a children's worker, anything in the, along those lines, or you want to know more about what it looks like uh, to, to reach this generation, I'd encourage you to be here. There's going to be some really good uh, practical information for you to take away from this. Uh, you can register for that by going to cknb.org. That's cknb.org. That's cknb.org. They just ask that you register solely so they know how many people are going to be here so they can cook for you, okay? Free meal, free child care for a couple hours, and uh, you get some great information about reaching Gen Z. It's going to be a really good night, and I would encourage you to be here and be present for that. So, yeah, there it is on the screen, cknb.org. Uh, we hope you'll be here to join us for that. Let's pray together, and then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Jesus, we thank you that uh, we can come and worship you and bring our praises, bring our our our, uh, exaltations to you this morning. Lord, you're worthy of all of it. God, we pray that as we go our separate ways, that your spirit will continue to move and work in our lives uh, and continue to draw us to yourself. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Have a good afternoon.